Welcome to the Data Beats show. We also have a free newsletter, so do check it out on databeats.community. Joining us today is Vijay Ganesan, the co-founder and CEO of NetSpring. And in today's episode, Vijay and I are going to talk about his journey from BI to product analytics, followed by the emergence of warehouse native product analytics solutions. So here we go. Hey Vijay, thanks for joining. Hey Arpit, great being on your show. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, let's start from the beginning, Vijay. You and your co-founders have collectively spent 26 years building ThoughtSpot, uh, a leading BI solution. So with BI under your belt, what made you delve into product analytics? Yeah, so, um, you know, we, we did ThoughtSpot, uh, you know, starting 2012. And uh, ThoughtSpot, we started a traditional uh, on-prem uh, appliance type uh, form factor. And as we graduated more to cloud and SaaS and, you know, product-led growth motions, uh, we realized the need for product analytics. And we used uh, one of the uh, first-generation product analytics tools out there in the market today. And it gave us that first level of visibility into what people are doing in the product. The main value we got was the tag management and instrumentation, and that was good. Uh, but then we quickly hit a, a brick wall right? when you had the next level of questions. It did not have the analytical sophistication that we needed, and it did not have the rich business context that you want to combine with your product instrumentation streams. You know, we wanted to bring Salesforce data, ticketing data, and support data, and so on. And and so we ended up dumping all the data out. It was extremely painful, right? And, uh, and and so we realized that a lot of folks out there are going through that same pain that we experienced. And we recognized that there is an opportunity to build uh, the next generation of product analytics, just as we had built the next generation of BI with ThoughtSpot. And that's what sparked the idea of NetSpring. So BI was built to explore relational data, whereas product analytics relies on event data, behavioral data. From a technical point of view, can you briefly explain why is it so challenging to offer both capabilities in a single product? So historically, both those worlds have been very, very different and distinct uh, at, at all levels of the stack. You know, the way you collect this data and store the data, uh, that's very different. You know, usually uh, high velocity event data typically never reached the data warehouse, right, which is where you did BI. Uh, and, you know, it was not just not feasible to store a petabyte scale data in traditional data warehouses. Second, um, the nature of computation is very different. In BI, you're doing dimensional slice and dice. You take a metric and you slice it by different dimensions. And so the way you structure the data, you know, star schemas and things like that uh, is, is, is very different from what you do in the world of event data where you're not studying um, the final state. You're studying the sequence of events that lead to a final state, right? So you're looking for paths people take. Um, so temporal component is very important. Sequence and paths are very important, right? And thirdly, the way you express the analytical computations are very different. You know, the, in, in BI, it's SQL-oriented, whereas in the event data world, SQL is not the best language for expressing the analytical intent. So at all levels, they are very, very different types of systems. And so historically, it's been very, very difficult to uh, do one in the other. So now let's talk about what you're building at NetSpring, right? You're championing the, the warehouse native approach to product analytics while offering additional capabilities to explore other types of data that's already in the warehouse. Uh, can you explain in simple terms how it really works? Yeah, so, uh, you know, at a very high level, if you think of what's happening today, uh, the data warehouse is becoming the center of the universe for data. You've always had data from business systems coming into the warehouse, you know, your Salesforce data, your ticketing data, your order capture systems. That has historically always come to the warehouse. 
But now what's happening is um, there are these other sources like product instrumentation streams, IoT sensor data, all of this data, it's now feasible to store in the data warehouse, right? You know, it's affordable, it's cheap uh, with the cloud data warehouses. So you're seeing a shift now where data that historically never came to the warehouse is now coming into the warehouse, right? And so the way we work is we simply sit on top of the data warehouse and uh, we don't move any data out of the data warehouse. We push queries down into the warehouse and we can compute across product instrumentation data and data from other business systems. So now you have a single source of truth, data in one place, no data movement out of your central secure enterprise repository. And you've got richer analytics that cuts across, uh, you know, traditional product analytics and more analytical, sophisticated BI style analytics. And what about performance? You know, historically there have been performance issues, you know, querying large amounts of data in the warehouse. How does NetSpring solve that? Yeah, great question. I think, uh, you know, conventional wisdom has always said that uh, you cannot get these event-oriented queries to perform on the warehouse at scale. You know, you're talking about, uh, first of all, very difficult to express those queries. They're you know, very complicated queries if you're studying a funnel or a path or sequence of events and so on. And second, you cannot get these things to uh, perform right in traditional uh, data warehouses. But one of the key innovations that we've brought to the table is really uh, solving that problem, right? You know, uh, we really believe that in modern cloud data warehouses, you can achieve performance um, at scale for these kinds of very specialized product analytics queries. And so the way you do that is a combination of two things, right? So one, we have a, a language called NetScript, which is gives you a level of abstraction about SQL that allows for optimizations uh, in your SQL generation layers. So uh, that is oriented for these types of queries, right? Second is we do techniques like um, auto-materialization, sampling, uh, indexing, all of that stuff, again, specialized for um, product analytics type workloads, right? So we compensate for some of the lack of native capabilities in the warehouse for, for optimization of these kinds of queries with our layer and above. But the key thing is we do this all inside the warehouse. It's not done outside in, in, in some other uh, system. So, so we're going to see with those two combinations of the, the kinds of things that vendors like us do and the evolution of the data warehouse, uh, we think that's no longer true. You know? and, and that's very fundamental because once you break that barrier, then you're talking about, uh, you know, truly a next generation of uh, analytics, right? So that's one of the key innovations we bring to the table in the space. So NetSpring doesn't ingest any data, which is great, but are there any prerequisites for it to work? You know, do companies need to model the data, model their event data as per a specific schema? Um, can you quickly walk us through the implementation process? So um, first, uh, instrumentation. Uh, we don't do any instrumentation. You know, we believe in this decoupled instrumentation concept, this idea that you use best of breed, uh, decoupled, uh, unopinionated instrumentation systems, you know, the rudder stack and the segments and the snowplows of the world. Use those to land the data in the data warehouse, right? You need to have that in place. Uh, and increasingly, we're seeing uh, that pattern, you know, as part of this composable CDP movement, you know, best of breed, decoupled unopinionated instrumentation that lands the data in the warehouse in a form that is consumable by anybody, right? Uh, so that's one. So you need to have that in place. Second, in terms of the schemas and the data modeling, we can consume any arbitrary schema. And this is one of our key differentiations. Unlike first-generation tools like Amplitude and Xpanel, we don't uh, require you to force your data model into some pre-canned user session event. You can work off a generic data model. And again, this goes back to our BI DNA where 
we're, we're similar to BI tools in the sense they can work of arbitrary schemas. We, we are fundamentally relational in nature with event uh, layered on top of it. We call it relational event streams. You point NetSpring to the whatever schema you have in your data warehouse. You do some uh, decorations on certain data sets uh, to turn them into event streams. And then you have the full glory of uh, product analytics and uh, sophisticated BI type analytics on top. Now let's shift the conversation to the, the first generation of product analytics tools, right? So they all now support the data warehouse as a data source, but they still need to ingest the data into their own data store, right? So besides the lack of ingestion, is there anything else a better native product like NetSpring does differently um, as compared to yeah. traditional product analytics tools? Yeah, so yeah, good, great question. You know, the, you'll hear people say, oh, we work with the data warehouse, right? And what does that mean, right? You know. Uh, the minute you start moving data out of the warehouse, you know, there's a problem right there, right? You immediately end up with brittle systems, uh, two sources of truth, numbers don't add up between this system and that system and so on. So data movement is a massive, massive headache. Uh, and there's privacy security issues. And there's lots of reasons why you don't want to do that, right? So that's that's a huge, huge headache. But it's a lot more than that, right? Because when these tools talk about we ingest data, we're talk they're talking about very lightweight reverse ETL where you take a few properties and, and stick it on top of the user object in, in those systems, right? Um, whereas in NetSpring, when we talk about working off your uh, data model in your data warehouse, we talk about consuming uh, those data models in its native form. So in NetSpring, if you're looking at Salesforce data, for example, you'll see first-class entities for accounts and contracts and opportunities and, you know, if you're looking Zendesk, it's tickets. And so so the ability to consume this business context in a very native form is very, very powerful. And that's what lends itself to very rich analytics. So, so there's the headache of data movement, but there's also this problem of you don't have a generic flexible data model, so it's very lightweight the kind of analytics um, that you can do in those systems. And then there is this moving back, you know, so, so when, when you have this type of um, disconnected systems, you invariably end up with two different systems. So you do some analysis in your first generation tools, amplitude, mix panel, but then, then you dump data out. It's, you're going the reverse direction of data movement, and then you put some looker on top of your warehouse. So now you've got this two disconnected systems. So we eliminate all of that, right? Yeah, and what are the key factors that, that make warehouse data products more affordable than their traditional counterparts? So actually, cost is a huge, huge factor, um, and it's really a game-changing now with this warehouse-centric model. You know, how the cloud data warehouses uh, revolutionized data warehousing, one of the big factors was cost. And it's the reason is, one, cloud object stores are, are debt cheap, right? You can store petabyte-scale data at very low cost. Two is this elasticity and paper use model. You will hear a lot of people say, you know, 60, 70% of what I send to, you know, Amplitude Mix Panel, nobody uses it, yeah. but I'm still paying it, right? Mm -hmm. Why are you paying? Yeah. You shouldn't be paying for that stuff, right? You should be paying for storage, but everything should be, you should pay only if you use it. So the shift from data-based pricing to more value-based pricing is what, you know, this cloud warehouse native architectures facilitate. So, you know, you're not paying twice for your data. You know, there's a copy of your data in a warehouse and a copy somewhere else. You're not paying for all the ETL jobs, moving data back and forth. You're only paying if somebody queries the data. You can store a lot more data. You don't have to be thinking about, oh, what should I send? What should I not send? And, try, you know, trying to cut costs. You can store any everything cheaply 
or only pay if somebody uses that data. Right? There is cost associated with uh, even figuring out what to send, what to not to send, what to delete and things like that. So there's process costs, operational costs. And then there is the large opportunity cost, right? You know, if, if your analytics is very siloed, if it's not business impactful, the opportunity cost of that is so huge. Uh, whereas in this warehouse-centric world, you can just get phenomenal business advantage. So so overall, um, we feel, you, you know, you can get order of magnitude difference in uh, in cost, just as, you know, when you went from Teradata to Snowflake, you had an order of magnitude difference in cost. So it's the same thing. It's a generational shift. With product analytics running on the data warehouse, it becomes really easy for GTM teams or go-to-market teams to, to access all types of data and perform richer analysis. You know, for instance, I can now combine my product usage data with data from uh, my email engagement tool to get a full picture of the user journey. You know, how they're moving from doing something inside the product to, to actually engaging with uh, an email campaign that they've received and then performing the desired action by going back into the product or not. As someone who's ran growth, I cannot stress on how important it is for teams to perform such analysis. Vijay, so what else would you add here? You know, how else can GTM teams leverage a tool like NetSpring to build better products and experiences? Yeah, it's a great point. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about this concept of um, evolving from product analytics to business analytics, right? So historically, product analytics has been siloed, only sources your product instrumentation streams. It's completely disconnected from the rest of the world for most part. But, you know, the world is changing towards uh, product being the center of business. Uh, every function cares about product first, right? That's the, that's the primary driver for, for growth. So we call it, you know, companies need to move from product metrics to business metrics. Product instrumentation data is just one source of data. And you have to combine that with other uh, business systems data to get a 360 degree view into your uh, product usage and customer experience. Uh, and besides the rise of the data warehouse, what other organization shifts are contributing to the adoption of uh, warehouse native apps? Yeah, so there's really three um, big trends that are happening. You know, one is this warehouse centricity where all data is coming into the data warehouse. The second is this idea of composable CDP. Best of breed systems plugging on top of the warehouse, whether it's instrumentation systems, analytical systems, machine learning systems, activation systems, all sitting on top, directly on top of the warehouse and plugging into the warehouse. And the third one is uh, increasing sensitivity to uh, security, privacy, GDPR, those kinds of things. And the tolerance for data going off into some black hole, that is going away very, very fast. People have less and less tolerance for that. So the combination of those three things is really what is driving this uh, generational shift in product analytics. Uh, thank you, Vijay. Last question for you. How does the Vera native approach to product analytics make it easier for organizations to adhere to privacy regulations such as the GDPR? It's very simple. You know, at the core of it is no data leaves your central secure enterprise environments. I mean, that is fundamental. And uh, it's almost a religion for us uh, that uh, data will never leave. And, and when we say data doesn't leave, some folks will talk about warehouse-centric, but they end up building caches, you know, materializations and indexes and cubing systems and all that outside of the data warehouse uh, to get performance. We don't do any of that stuff, right? We believe you can push everything down into the warehouse and still get very good performance. If your systems that plug into the warehouse do not make copies of your data, it makes it much easier to comply with, uh, with the regulatory things. If you'd like to learn more about warehouse native apps, you can visit database.community and check out the series titled Warehouse Native Apps. And if you'd like to learn more about NetSpring, you can visit netspring.io. Thank you.
Help bridge the gap between data people and non-data people. Join us on datameets.community.